0: This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction. This is your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world, along with tips and strategies for maximizing your career in tech. We also bring you interviews with the leading women in the tech industry, talk to youth who are rapidly building their tech knowledge, and review business solutions that will give you insights on how technology is solving business problems. Now, here's your host, Jennifer Didier.
1: Welcome, and thank you for joining me on Tech in the Right Direction. I'm your host, Jennifer Didier, President and CEO of Directions Training. Each week we talk with industry experts about technology trends that are emerging and changing businesses today the career journey of IT professionals, understanding the world of women in tech, as well as talking to our youth that are rapidly building their technology skill sets. We also review case studies that provide insight into how technology is solving business and world problems. I'm excited about our guests today, so let's get moving in the right direction. This week, in our Tech Trends segment, I will be talking with Jeff Hirsch. Jeff is a Senior Director of Microsoft's Worldwide Learning Partner Channel. In this role, he is responsible for channel strategy and overall learning partner engagement. Jeff's team works closely with learning partners to increase skills and adoption of Microsoft technologies globally, with a core focus on how Microsoft and learning partners can help consumers and enterprises achieve their goals. Prior to the worldwide learning role, he led Microsoft's media and entertainment team responsible for working with global media companies to drive cloud, app, and content-based partnerships. Jeff started with Microsoft in 1992 after graduating from the University of Washington and has held various leadership positions across Microsoft's enterprise sales, partner, and business development organizations. Welcome to the show, Jeff, I'm so happy to have you.
2: Thanks, Jennifer, it is great to be with you all today.
1: Great, let's get started. Can you share with us a little bit about your journey and your path in technology?
2: Sure, so it actually started pretty early uh, and I'm gonna date myself a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I do remember um, as a kid playing with a Commodore 64 uh, and just kind of started basic coding um, at at a very young age. Um, I stuck with it, but never really dedicated myself to technology in my early years. Um, I, you know, just like any other uh, kid, did a lot of different things growing up. When I was in college, um, I studied uh, more of a business background. Um, But again, I fell back in love with computers. I remember working uh, with my Apple Macintosh um, at the time. And uh, again, going to school locally at the University of Washington gave me a great opportunity because Microsoft was just on the other side of the bridge. And then I started back up with Microsoft right out of college. um, And I was thrown back into the uh, technology sector and I haven't looked back since.
1: That's great. So uh, when did you realize you really had a passion for technology? Maybe it was at your um, career path within Microsoft. I know you, you started early with the Commodore, but when did you really feel like Wow, I really love technology, and I'm glad I'm
2: here. Yeah, I mean that's an insightful question because while I used to play around um, with computers, it was kind of earlier in early in my Microsoft career that I I fell back in love and realized that I wanted to focus on a career um, in technology. And that's because when you work at a company like Microsoft, in particular at the time in the early '90s, we had access to so many um, resources, and there were so many trends that were being Um, developed and and innovated upon. Uh, When I first started, uh, MS-DOS was still very much one of our core operating system platforms, and we were just starting to grow um, our Windows business. This was actually before we even had a server business in any kind of mainstream way. For the people on the podcast, they may remember products like Land Manager, um, but when I joined Microsoft, it was um, long before we had launched our Windows NT uh, server operating system. So when I joined Microsoft, it was really about the uh, consumer focus and Windows and working on Office. And I remember having these cool jobs where we were super focused on winning particular um, users. So going after the legal uh, vertical or the healthcare uh, vertical. Um, And as we started seeing more and more success on the client, we saw that that same opportunity existed for Microsoft um, on the server side. And when we got into the server market, I realized that really the opportunity to innovate um, and to grow um, with Microsoft and in the technology business was kind of unlimited. Um, and I've seen so many trends since uh, joining Microsoft from the uh, you know, beginning of the internet phase, client server, uh, the internet of things. I mean, there have been so many huge transformations that have happened in technology. Um, and I even have not even mentioned the biggest one, uh, which is the shift to the cloud. Yes. So, I, I you know, I think it's not just the technology. It's like I just love the fast paced, ever changing world um, in the tech industry.
1: That's so funny that you mentioned, you know, some of the older technologies going back to DOS. And that's really dating myself too. I still remember DOS and I still love it and miss it because it was so, you, you knew the chain of commands and you could get to where you needed to get to. And once when Windows came out, it was just a little bit frustrating because I couldn't really troubleshoot other people's problems in Windows because I couldn't see their screen at that time, and this was many years ago. And so, you know, they would get click happy and I'd be, okay, stop clicking, because with DOS, you could just type in the command and get there.
2: (laughs) Exactly, well, DOS, knowing DOS was like a cult.
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It was cool for some of us that knew how to use it, but for the, uh, you know, for the mass market, uh, they probably found that more challenging than certainly they did Windows.
1: Yes, and then you know when you talked about legal, WordPerfect came to mind, and yep. we did a lot of training around WordPerfect. And reveal codes was like the the godsend piece of of WordPerfect. But now look at Microsoft Word just taken over, and all enterprises are using it. You know, and WordPerfect is no more.
2: Yes, I know it's it's been a it's been a great ride. Uh, we certainly had a lot of success in some areas, and. Not so much success um, in other areas, but on the balance, uh, just Microsoft as a company has been one that's been uh, great to work uh, for. And you know, going back to your question, which is like, what kind of made you fall in love with technology? I feel like it's just, it's, uh, it's iterative. It's kind of cumulative knowledge of being in the industry and seeing people uh, and what they can achieve from the technology that you build as a company. And it's like a drug, you just want more um, and you want to just be part of that wave. And that waves, you know, it's 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 constant. Uh, you really need to, in the technology business, continue to stay up on tech trends um, and stay ahead of the competition. So it's it's been a, a super fun, uh, a super fun ride in the technology business.
1: I completely agree. I, I love technology as well, and just really get motivated and uh, excited as things change and new things come out. So I know exactly what you mean. So you know, talking about technology what what are some of the trends that you're seeing today that you know i mean it's moving so fast it, it's crazy with the cloud but what are some of the trends you're seeing so i mentioned uh
2: earlier that it for microsoft what we see is just uh an amazing opportunity uh with the cloud and helping people achieve more and really when, when i think about the cloud um it's with the the public cloud and ai It's created what we uh, call the the intelligent cloud. And we just see this uh, unlimited data processing uh, power. Uh, We see so much um, opportunity to collect data with devices at the edge. And what this has done, it's just created a whole new paradigm of distributed computing. So you're building applications that both have intelligence at the cloud um, and at the device level. And it's created a ton of new scenarios that could not have existed um, in the past, I mean, there are very um, uh, well-known things that people experience every day. Technologies like Uber um, that could not uh, that could not be available without the power um of the cloud. But there are also um, other things that we see in our daily lives, like recommendations. When you may be, uh, you know, at a at a retail uh, store or a website, and they're making recommendations based upon your preferences um, and the types of things that you've done in the past. And you know, we feel like. Uh, the cloud, we're just kind of getting started right now. And it's just, it's moving so fast. The number of services that are released um, and being able to harness all the power is something that we think about uh, constantly here at at Microsoft. So uh, yeah, we we just see so many new scenarios being uh, developed and it's kind of the marriage of the intelligent cloud um, and the intelligent edge that is enabling this. You know, there's, there's a, uh, just one, one, you know, there's an interesting st- statistic that um, it's actually probably low now, but uh, Gartner had been predicting that there, there would be 25 billion connected devices um, in 2021. Uh, and I think this prediction was probably, you know, close to a year ago. I think that we'll hit that and exceed that uh, by a large number. And what that means is just more and more data being collected at the device level um, and opportunity to, to create this whole host of new distributed applications.
1: Wow, that's fascinating. And and data is available in so many places with IoT. I mean, our refrigerators are connected, our doorbells are connected, our lights (laughs) are connected. (laughs) And, you know, we see many enterprises making very, very good decisions based on that data, which they never had before. Uh, Like you said, consumer data is so valuable to the retail market to say, you know, what things are selling? How fast are they selling? How can we keep them in stock? What's, you know, what's not selling? Let's remove them from our shelves. And, And so we work with many retail clients that are doing Power BI and taking data and looking at it in so many different ways that they never did before. So that's really, really exciting. But, you know, as we grow, as we grow into these new technology trends, um, we're finding that, you know, many of these job roles never existed before. Like we talk about the cloud. Uh, These job roles did not exist a few years ago. And so there's a huge gap in the market today on skill sets. What do you think we can do as an industry to bridge that gap? Because we need to do something and we need to continuously be working on that.
2: Yeah, so it's interesting you uh, bring that up. Um, I think it was in one of my presentations earlier this year that I highlighted. Um, our data suggests that 65%, 65% of students today will be doing jobs that don't exist. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it just kind of amplifies the point that you're making. Um, and I think when you talk about uh, keeping the market skilled, we have to, re- we have to reduce the friction um, to learning. And that means we need to make it available um, in many different modalities. And we have to make it available in ways that are easy uh, for, for learners to kind of embrace the technology, move on and learn um, as, they, uh, as they can uh, do at their, at their own pace. So, you know, Microsoft certainly invests um, in a lot of self-paced learning courses, um, as we um, also work very closely with our learning partners like yourself to enable online training and to enable instructor-led training. So it's not just one single motion that we think is going to be needed. It's a blend um, of opportunities that we think we need to make available and continue to keep up to date. You know, gone are the days of these, you know, three-year development cycles. So we need to keep um, content fresh. Uh, We need to make sure that our partners are ready um, to deliver that content. And we need to um, appreciate that people are gonna come from all different walks of life and different levels of expertise when they uh, start understanding and developing or working with our technology. So you need kind of a range of skills development from fundamentals um, to the very advanced.
1: Yes, uh, completely agreed. And the modalities are so important because different generations learn differently and they want information the way they want to consume it. So you need to have all of the different modalities, whether it's on demand, in person, uh, virtual, instructor-led, all of those options. But we're also seeing that we need to really make a big impact in the pipeline of our next generation of um, technology uh, careers. And so, you know, we're doing some things, and I know Microsoft is very active um, in this area as well, but we're doing some events with high schools to kind of, if, 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 an alternate career instead of a college degree is an option. They can get to work faster, they can make more money. There's a lot of options there to really try to train them early on in bridging that skills gap. Um, Can you talk a little bit about how do we build that next generation of technology pros?
2: Yeah, so that's also another great opportunity. And I, I think that sometimes people do not appreciate How important it is to get to students when they're certainly you know in their early formative years but also we're students for life and Mm -hmm. people are looking to change careers or uh, learn more in their their current um, roles Um, and we've invested uh, in this past year in what we call role-based learning paths so it's not just about being a, a technology expert it's getting people ready for that next job or being better in the job that they may be in today so for example we have uh, cloud-based, Azure role-based paths, whether it's architect, developer, admin. Uh, we've recently launched data and AI. Um, this is all about helping people uh, grow, uh, helping people find jobs, and help employers identify who is capable. Uh, because, again, the market is so uh, demanding right now. In fact, most enterprises have a skill shortage. Uh, in fact, uh, Satya Nadella, our CEO, mentioned at an event earlier this year that we are seeing more hires outside the IT industry than we are in the IT industry for tech jobs, whether that's Mm -hmm. software developers or administrators or architects. Uh, So it's very important that we create at Microsoft um, role based learning paths that our partners can deliver at an expert level um, to students. So that could be students in college or high school. But again, this could also be people that are uh, currently in the workforce uh, today. It's a very important market for us. Uh, We have taken a very strong focus um, on AI in particular in the past year um, and cloud skills, and we will only um, amplify and double down our investments in skilling in those um, areas uh, in in the coming year. Um, And then finally, there's also a great opportunity in business applications and what we call modern workplace. And this is an area where we think it's actually driving the skills market as fast as the cloud, because this is about developing new apps. And that requires people to understand how to use these technologies to build those applications, understand the impact, um, and then be able to deploy those applications for use um, in enterprises. So hopefully that kind of helps a little bit, but happy to talk more about this topic.
1: No, that that helps a lot. And with Microsoft creating this, uh, skill set by job role. It's so needed in the market today because now we can take it to high schools, colleges, and really skill them on a specific job role. And so they are very focused and uh, they get exactly what they need to be successful in that job role. In the past, it was so broad that you'd kind of be a, you know, you would know a little bit about a lot of things, but never really be a master at any. So the job role piece is so critical to help bridge that gap. Um, I I really love that idea.
2: Yeah, you call out that the point that it was kind of like people had a breadth of understanding. They became SMEs or subject matter experts in technology, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't always applicable to the Mm -hmm. particular job. And again, because the uh, the cloud, the opportunity, it's, it's moving so quickly. Employers want to know, can this person do this job? Have they been trained in a way that they can get started when they walk in the door uh, with limited investment um, from, from the, uh, the company? Now, again, that doesn't mean that we don't um, invest in specific workload and deep technical training, but we think role-based is a critical uh, move for us um, and we're really happy that partners like yourselves have embraced it.
1: Yes, and customers are embracing it because uh, they can get better skilled people based on what they do on a daily basis. So it's it's really a, a genius idea to go into the skill set by job role so that we are not teaching them a little bit of everything, but making them masters of what they're going to be working on. Um, in... So having said that, I think Microsoft is doing a lot of great, great things to bridge this gap. And, you know, us as a learning partner continue to do that as well. So what do you see as the value of certification in the industry today? Because, you know, there's some mixed feelings out there and um, wanted to kind of get your take as to what where the value of certification is in your mind.
2: So from a Microsoft standpoint, um, certification, the the focus and importance on it has never been higher. Uh, At least I have not seen this kind of focus in in my time um, at Microsoft. And this goes back to uh, the uh, demands that we get from employers because people want to vet people out there that are qualified for opportunities. And it's not just about earning a certification and then not staying current. So we think it's incredibly important to not only get certified, but to build programs where it demonstrates this person is current in this technology, whether you know it's uh, becoming a physician or being certified in technology, things continually change. And we think that we need to innovate our own certification programs to keep pace with the ever-changing market in the cloud. And that means that we need to um, innovate and we need to renew um, the certifications on a more frequent basis than we have done in the past. And we think we have a great opportunity to uh, work with uh, prospective students um, and employers to kind of shape these programs together. Uh, But I can give you one anecdote, just internally um, on our side at Microsoft, where certification in some roles is becoming a condition of employment. So if we are hiring um, architects within our company, if they don't come in certified, I can assure you in their core priorities, they will be expected to earn certifications, because we need to be able to serve our customers and serve our partners. And the expectations, of course, on Microsoft is that we're experts of our own technology. And this is really um, along the lines of the learning culture that Satya has driven since taking the CEO post um, several years ago. So certainly at Microsoft, it's a high priority. We hear it's an incredibly high priority from our customers um, and partners. And for that reason, you know, we're investing in our own programs Um, and really looking carefully at the existing programs we have in place to make sure they align and map to today's um, opportunity and the technology needs that are out there in the market. So in short, um, yeah, it's incredibly important. We think the value of certification uh, will only continue to grow. There are obviously certain roles um, where it's more important than others, Um, but I can tell you that one thing that we've also taken a really strong focus on is not just having certifications where you have multiple choice testing but to really create testing that proves the person is ready for the role so we've introduced this notion of performance based testing where it's really kind of hands-on um, opportunity to ensure that that person is ready not just being book smart but actually ready to uh, use the technology and deploy it in a practical way so yeah certification uh incredibly important and it's a, it's a motion that we'll continue to invest in um, in the coming years.
1: You've hit on really a lot of great points on certification. We are seeing that, you know, employers when they're ready to hire, if somebody has certification, their resume moves to the top of the pile and they have that stamp the industry stamp that they know the material, they've had the discipline to go through the training, they've um, had the discipline to take the test and pass the test, so the knowledge is there, the skill set is there. So uh, we are seeing customers really look for certification uh, as part of, you know, IT pros' resumes. So absolutely very important in in the job market today. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that you are talking a little bit about how certifications are going to be changing because um, the software, the technology is changing so rapidly. I think I heard you know, Azure had like 500 changes in six months, and so having a certification from six months ago means you really don't know all the new stuff that's in there. So I love that you're, you know, creating these new certifications that are always relevant based on the changes in the cloud.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, like you like you said, the changes are frequent. Now, we don't want to make a student have to retrain on everything. I mean, there's kind of core foundational things that a student will always know. Uh, but absolutely, you know, we do think that on a more frequent basis, whether that's every six months or even more frequently than that, but let's just say every six months, we include new services to ensure that people um, are tested and, and ready to go. And we want to do this in kind of a friction way free as well to people that have certifications. So we're thinking carefully about how we make this as easy as possible uh, for people that hold existing certifications to continue to maintain that certification. We certainly uh, recognize um, and respect the investment that these people um, have invested in themselves to earn the certification in the first place. So, yeah, we want to continue to, to grow this program um, and do this in a kind of smart, responsible way uh, with our, our certification, With excuse me, with our uh books that are certified out there today on our technology.
1: That's great. I just also wanted to touch on the performance space because you know, it's great to be book, book smart, but you also need to be street smart, so you need to have real-world experiences in order to get a certification, which really gives you that elite status. And so the performance-based is so powerful because um, now it not only vets that you know the technology, but you also can apply the technology, which means that you really have a a unique skill set. So the performance-based is a great addition uh, to the certification testing, I think.
2: Excellent. I'm glad you approve.
1: (laughs) Great. (laughs) So I know this is a really tough question, but um, you know, I've, I've been talking to people. You know, we were talking about DOS and you know some of the old technologies out there. So technology has changed so rapidly in uh, the last probably 10 or 15 years. What do you see? How, where do you see it in the next five to 10 years? And I know it's it's a big question and it's moving so fast it's hard to catch up. But just some thoughts.
2: Yeah, so that's interesting
1: because
2: I think about five years ago, could I have predicted uh, just kind of the pervasiveness of, of the cloud and some of the scenarios that I see out there today? It's mm-hmm. it's obviously difficult. I mean, I certainly think that you'll see more and more autonomous systems. I mean, obviously, we've seen things out like the self-driving car, and mm-hmm. uh, that is something that will be uh, perfected, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that we see um, on the road. But just simply because of the power of the cloud, the intelligent edge, um, and the intelligent uh, cloud bringing those together, you're going to just have a lot more uh, business scenarios that are autonomous. And I think about things like, I don't know, drilling systems um, in in the the oil industry, uh, being smart enough to kind of manage themselves, being able to take the information, do their own machine learning, Mm -hmm. um, and to be able to manage that system in a more uh, predictable way without intervention from a human. I can think of, I'm in a conference room right now, that conference room may be able to sense the number of people in the room and adjust the temperature uh, mm-hmm. to uh, consider uh, the number of people in the room and, and body temperature. I mean, there's just a whole host of things that we can do that we couldn't do in the past because of the amount of data that's flowing and, and data processing uh, capabilities. But I, you know, I've never been much of a prognosticator uh, mm-hmm. myself Uh, You know, being at Microsoft, I feel like I get an early glimpse into things, Mm -hmm. Uh, but things have always come to uh, surprise me at at times. Uh, And I think when we look back at some of the investments that we made um, early on, uh, you know, kind of in the late 90s, early 2000 around um, smart devices, I never could have predicted uh, the importance um, or the pervasiveness and ubiquity of smartphones, Mm-hmm. Um, we certainly thought in the early two thousands that this would be a, a big market, um, but never did we think how quickly it could grow into you know a multi billion dollar device um, industry. So, you know, for that reason, uh, I typically don't make uh, too many bets. Um, but I think some of those things that I mentioned um, are more practical, and I think those are going to happen.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, and you know, mentioning about mobile. Uh, devices, that industry is just blown up and, you know, we were talking the other day as that people don't keep their phone more than five or six feet away from them um, and they pick it up probably up to 100 times, 150 times a day, I think was one of the statistics that I read and I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I pick up my phone this many times. <laughs> I know
2: it's, it's, it's crazy. It's actually it kind is. of kind of scary. And, uh, you know, another thing I was just thinking as you as asked the question, uh, mixed reality. So mixed reality, virtual reality, It's been, you know, it started kind of as a, as a gaming thing, still very much is uh, used in, in the gaming world, but I think there'll be more practical uses in the commercial world uh, for mixed reality. Um, I know even in my early days, uh, or not that early days, but in, uh, in a more recent role in media, we saw people using mixed reality for set design, mm-hmm. uh, for in golf, looking at the undulations of a golf course, really being immersed um, in in that experience. So I think there'll be more and more kind of practical use scenarios with mixed reality, and hopefully we won't have to wear that crazy headset.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Wow, it's so yeah. fascinating, so exciting to see yeah. what's to come. Um, you know, we were always we. Now, today, you know, years ago, we had one device, our computer, maybe just a desktop. Today, we have tablets, laptops, cell phones, multiple cell phones, uh, multiple tablets. I see kids with, you know, all kinds of devices. Uh, How do we deal with all these distractions and how do we create balance in our life? Uh, are you going to tell me? <laughs> well, uh, that's, I'm looking for that answer. I don't know it either. <laughs>
2: uh, I probably could. I probably myself could use some help um, in in that area. Uh, but when you know when when I think about it, yeah, you're right. We're getting text messages. We're getting emails. Uh, we have uh, lots of different uh, systems at home. It, we we have systems in the home. Uh, smart devices. I'm in the home. Uh, that are uh, collecting information that you may be interacting with. Uh, There are things that we're doing just in the practical corporate world. Uh, We're investing in in, uh, platforms and applications like Microsoft Teams, where we're creating more of a central dashboard view. So I don't have to look at my phone and look at my email and more kind of have a, a constant stream of conversation with my virtual work groups. So that at least keeps me focused on a single device and it creates kind of a more inclusive nature for people, So when you think about an email, it goes to one person or, or many people, but often people are left off that email. And with things like Microsoft Teams, more of these, uh, these collaboration tools, people can see the dialogue that's happening. They can understand what they're doing, how that may impact the project. Um, and ultimately, our hope is that this cuts down on the amount of email that's out there, the amount of texting, the amount of one-off communication that happens. So we do think about this. Uh, but this is a constant challenge. We certainly don't have uh, a solution right now, but we can only get better. And I will tell you that I want to do another podcast, and I want to ask you the same question in a <laughs> year. <or> so <laughs> I and can I will I can not have a good help.
1: answer. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a tough one because we always try to create balance, and I I really think the balance is the blend. You know, just yeah. blending what you need to do when you need to do it and just get it done and so because there is no work life and home life and and different hours for different things things all kind of mix together and happen whenever they happen so uh, yeah. my I only often, answer would be blending it
2: yeah and i often you know reinforce the most basic principles with my team which is if you're on email or uh, in a, a group collaboration session and things aren't getting solved get on the phone, get with a person, just talk. Uh, There is no substitute for meeting in person. And I can see it happen every day when you're on an email, you're going back and forth, things are lost in translation. Uh, And often I'll just say enough on this, let's get in a room, let's talk about it, and let's wallow a little bit. And I think that's just important to kind of reinforce with our teams that the power of being in person or being on the phone and having that conversation um, is so super important and i hope that we don't lose sight of that
1: yeah i think it's so powerful and sometimes you can get things resolved within minutes rather than 20 emails going back and forth asking one question at a time it just yeah drives me crazy too um so you know we talk about learning and we're big proponents um i know you are as well of continuous learning um but we're seeing a big shift in how people are learning today than they did from a few years ago What are you seeing as some of the areas that learning has changed?
2: Well, uh, this this may come obvious to our our audience here, but certainly people just have less time. And with things moving so quickly, you do have to do a lot more stuff online and virtual, whether that's at a self-pace or taking a virtual um, instructor-led course, because um, we certainly feel like the opportunity for learning is growing. But some students, they may only be able to take one day or just a few hours out uh, to learn. Others, they may be in a more uh, technical uh, role and they uh, have the opportunity to take three or five days out of work uh, to get skilled. So, you know, we see the whole pie uh, Mm -hmm. for learning growing, but people are at different levels. You know, people may just need a one day fundamentals um, course on a particular technology that they may want to just do online or in person. Um, but it's all about offering learning in ways that learners can learn. And that means different modalities. A lot of the solutions that, that Directions has put in place um, are spot on. You can't just be uh, offering things in the classroom anymore. You need to be able to offer complementary or supplementary learning um, online. Um, so we're seeing certainly that um, as, a, uh, as a, a trend that will only continue in, in our opinion. And also you know just-in-time learning Um, we've talked a lot about uh, the continual growth and pace of innovation so sometimes you just have to do you know chunk learning where you just learn something over an hour or or a two hour period you add that to your uh, skill portfolio and then when you have more time um, you know you look at the whole body um, of learnings and you go after things like full um, certifications um, on technologies so it's about kind of capturing the learner and developing that learner so they can ultimately go um, achieve that certification, um, but more importantly, ready that person to go work on that project that that, uh, that, that um, enterprise needs or that that particular person needs to go achieve.
1: Completely agree. So, you know, bite-size uh, portions, as well as the, the, full, uh, the full five-day class if they need it and can dedicate the time, but most people's time is very very limited it's even more precious than their budget today uh, because there's so little time so really focusing on different audiences and providing multiple modalities of ways to learn and also we find anytime anywhere so if they're on the train and have an hour to to learn something they should be able to go grasp that on demand piece, Learn it on the train today, and maybe continue to build upon it on future days. But you know, we're continuously learning. It's not a one and done anymore. You you won't you won't get there. Absolutely. So, uh, in closing, what advice would you give to an IT professional who's starting out today? You know, you've been in the in the industry a long time. Um, what are some of those words of wisdom?
2: So you know, I, when I think about that question, I almost think about what I give any professional going into the IT business versus someone that maybe um, an be uh, experienced or has a degree uh, in, in computer science, I think it's about getting in and learning and knowing that you don't have to have an IT background to become a technical person. I work with tons of people at Microsoft that had history degrees in college, uh, design degrees, obviously computer science degrees, business degrees, um, and It's a level playing field when when you you know leave college you can pick this technology up without a computer science degree and you can do that through attending courses and self-paced learning and i think a big differentiator again is certification Mm -hmm. test yourself go go out there try to earn those certifications uh i i think that people when i look back that uh, earned their certifications early on certainly advanced uh, at a more uh rapid pace Uh, within within Microsoft, and I certainly think that will apply to any business going forward. I'd mentioned earlier that we're seeing more demand for technology outside the IT industry uh, than we are in the IT industry. Um, I think there are other things just um, that I would tell tell someone kind of coming into the IT um, industry, um, and these are things that Microsoft thinks about, which are understand security, understand privacy, Because of all the things that we've talked about, all the level of data collection that's happening, all the use of social media, and I have kids, uh, you know, I think it's super important for people that are coming into the IT industry to understand what privacy means, Mm -hmm. um, what security means, because those people who can develop great innovative apps and take into account uh, things like security and privacy are gonna build apps that are uh, most used, most trusted um, with their enterprise. And these are really, really important things that Microsoft thinks about just as an industry leader um, and the importance um, globally uh, that we need to be kind of ambassadors to. uh, And we hope that people that kind of enter the IT industry have that same passion, uh, not just for innovation, but these kind of strong core principles.
1: Yes, the core principles, integrity and privacy and security are so important. And I think in the future, as data gets more prominent it's going to even get more critical to be um, secure as well as private and i'm glad to see some of the gdpr um, laws coming through so that people are more cautious about that so i think that's great advice well thank you so much jeff it was a pleasure having you on the show i truly appreciate it
2: thanks a lot i appreciate the time
0: As your organization continues to embrace and adopt new technologies, does your team have the skills required to make the most of your investments? Directions Training offers IT professional and end-user training for the most popular solutions today, including Microsoft 365, Azure, AWS, Cisco, Citrix, VMware, and much more. Our flexible delivery methods and full customized offerings make sure that you get the training you need, just the way you need it in-person, virtual, on-demand, or through a blended approach. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com for more information today.
1: And now, an exclusive offer for our listeners.
0: From IT Skill Enhancements to End User Adoption Training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Thanks for listening to Technology in the Right Direction, your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world. To download this week's show or listen to past shows, visit Directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Past shows are also available at EWNpodcastnetwork.com, as well as through iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. To find out how to be a guest on the show, visit Directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, we hope that technology takes your business in the right direction.
1: Calling all speakers.
0: eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses?